Welcome to Talking Giants. Not Talking Giants. We take the G off because we're just casual. We're keeping it cool. Training camp is well underway. We got the Hall of Fame game. When you're listening to this, we'll be over. So football is officially back. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my friend, my host, coming to you live from New York, Danny King. Danny King, Danny Boy King. How are you doing today? Also, when you're listening to this, you'll it'll be six days away fr- from the John preseason home opener. So that'll be funny. Yeah, the preseason game was last night. If I'm going to make a prediction, uh, I don't know. Falcons win. Broncos don't have their coach with them. So uh, prediction right there. I'm and going also, Broncos. This is the final episode with a crappy mic. Oh, Broncos? You're going Broncos? Vic Fangio? Um, he ain't even I'm, there. He's got a kidney stone the pass right now. I didn't know that, but I'm still going Broncos. I want I want to see what Drew Locke is all about. Anyways, go ahead, Danny. Before oh, I before well, I, anyways, I can, I, I can bring this up in Giants land. I read something that Bill Parcells, he coached after he had a kidney stone back in 1990. It was the day I I forgot who they versed. It was either the Vikings or the Bears. They beat them and they clinched the NFC East. So Giants history right there. I didn't know that. I read that somewhere. So. There you go. Well, that's how you know things, Danny. You read. Anyways, let's read some news that's going on. Some house cleaning, aka injury report. I know, and I'm bad at segues, but that was a really good one. All right, so here's where we got with injuries. At least ones that matter um, to the to the you know the 53 man roster. One, BJ Goodson went down. We don't know the extent of it. And then Grant Haley went down with a shoulder injury. Um, we don't know the extent of either of those. I'm sure we'll figure out uh, sometime today uh, or, you know, when they're next practicing to see if they're out there. Uh, which one do you want to attack first? Uh, let's attack Grant Haley's important, so we're probably going to talk about that for a few minutes. Let's let's talk about Goodson first, just what it means to Tay Davis and other guys like that. Okay, that's exactly the point I was going at. Tay Davis is this is I, I really feel this is his job to lose. One, he's been out there with the starters more than BJ Goodson has. BJ Goodson's in his last year of his rookie contract. I don't think they plan on bringing him back unless it was on some kind of dirt cheap deal. And Ryan Connolly is behind them. Um, we haven't heard much from Connolly uh, in this camp. Shermer was asked about him. We didn't hear a whole lot. This is Tay Davis's job to get. And Pat Shermer says he, and this is what I've echoed with Tay Davis is that he needs to be more aggressive. He needs to have an idea of what the play is going to be pre-snap. He needs to have his first and second step down right because he is an athlete and he can make plays. He's just got to get his his mind in, right, in tune with his feet. And it seems like that's what's been happening so far. I really think this is Tay Davis's job to lose at this point. Um, it's still an open battle and they're not going to name one guy, but I really think this is Tay Davis's job to start and he's, He'll probably be one of my key guys to watch in that first preseason game to see how he's reacting to the ball, how, what, where his first step is. I really think this is Tay Davis's job to get. Um, and B.J. Goodson could very well end up fourth on the middle linebacker chart uh, behind, obviously, Ogletree, Davis, and then maybe even Connolly jumps ahead of him. I really don't think they have uh, long-term plans with B.J. Goodson at this point. We haven't heard anything out of him from this camp besides his injury. 
No, yeah, it hasn't been an eventful camp for B.J. Goodson. And this injury for him doesn't help him. Obviously, injuries don't help anyone, but it doesn't help him at all with Tay Davis breathing down his neck. Because as the summers progressed, as we've talked more about Tay Davis, the more I've looked into Tay Davis, the more of a fan I became or become of Tay Davis over B.J. Goodson. Not that I don't like B.J. Goodson. I still hope that he still gets some a good amount of playing time with his powers. Tay Davis is a more versatile player. But preseason, he's going to have to get ready, B.J. Goodson. Hopefully he'll be back by week two at the latest because week three is a huge game. That's the, the simulation game right there. That's like the real-life game before the real-life game. So he needs to play well in that game because this is just a big opportunity for Tay Davis to prove that, push farther away from B.J. Goodson saying, I should be starting next Al Tree week one in Dallas. And if, you, if there was one guy, obviously Daniel Jones, number one, but if there's one guy that I'm, I cannot wait to see in preseason. Okay, I'll say one guy that's not a rookie that I can't wait to see in the preseason. I really think it's Tay Davis because I think he has the most room for improvement where not saying like, oh, he's a bad player and he has a, a lot to improve on, but I think he has the most most to work with to improve on where it wasn't like his he was like too slow or not strong enough or didn't have hands or couldn't uh, rush the passer. It was like he just needs to get – his head right. He needs to get into the film room and learn how to break down film and know when the quarterback's doing this or knowing what their run tendencies are. So I really think Tay Davis had like the the most realistic room to improve this offseason. And I, I just cannot wait to see it in that first preseason game against the Jets. I, I'm, I'm expecting big things. I, I'm at the point now where I'll be disappointed if Tay Davis won't be the starter, where going into camp, I was kind of like, okay, let's see what happens. Tay Davis is going to get third down reps anyways in the nickel. But now I'm looking at Tay Davis as that three-down linebacker. Um, maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit uh, because we're only a week in the camp. But that's just that's just where I see Tay Davis at this point. I, I'm 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 truly excited to see what he is this year. Like you have put so much stock into Tay Davis that like if he falls flat on his face, it's just going to be like, man, I, I believe in this guy so much. And that's happened to so many people that so many fans have supported. It happened to me before. I can't think of an example right now. But like you put so much stock into something, and if it just falls flat on your face, you're like, man, I, I put so much into this just for you to let me down like that. Thanks for reminding me, Danny. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving on. Grant Haley went down with a shoulder injury or holding his shoulder. We don't know the extent of it. Hopefully we don't release this episode and whatever happens comes out. Um, That's big because it looked like Grant Haley had the road to be the starting nickel and Julian Love was going to be used more as a hybrid player. That being said, Julian Love is the guy who came in for him after that. So maybe, maybe they're not going to be using him as much at safety. Really it's, I don't know what to expect out of Julian Love at this point. But if Grant Haley is going to miss games, Julian Love has to be that guy and step in. Then they have to stop playing this, uh, doing this test at safety. Um, but hopefully, obviously, hopefully Haley is fine because I think me and you both expect a good season out of him. Um, but also with all this young depth and talent at corner, one of these corners going down, obviously we don't want to see it. But it's not the worst thing in the world when Haley goes down. It's, I, I'm not going into a panic when, when Haley goes down. Um, and I, I don't, I'm not sure how serious of an injury it was either. I mean, none of us are. Yeah, none of us are certain how serious this injury is. This injury could turn out to be something minor, or it could turn out to be season ending. Obviously, I don't. If if it's minor, I don't care. That release in this episode without talking about it. I just because I I'm, I put so much stock into Grant Haley right there. I have so much faith in him. 
to do well in this defense in a second year. But as you said, uh, yeah, I, I asked Dad Duggan. I was like, all right, who stepped in for him? Not to my surprise, it was Julian Love. That's who I was expecting to jump in because we refilmed uh, his that player profile breakdown because he was playing more safety and now right now unknowing how serious Grant Haley's injury is it looks like he's going to be playing more corner but not only will this help Julian Love someone who's been having a rise in camp or who's been a rising star in camp so far has been Corey Ballantyne a guy we haven't expected much out of he was Daniel Jones's first interception he picked him off first the clip I saw was blurry so I don't know if it was Daniel Jones throwing it badly or if it was just bounced off a receiver but still he was the first guy to pick off a ball thrown by Daniel Jones so Corey Ballantyne he'll also have a say in that nickel corner spot I feel like because even though Julian Love is good maybe he'll have something to say in um preseason and through the rest of camp so uh, yes, we're hoping Grant Hill's injury is nothing. Uh, unfortunately, with the way the Giants' luck has been going, it probably won't be good. But um, obviously, you're always optimistic. I feel like it should be nothing. Maybe he just jams his shoulder in or something. I don't know. But hopefully, it's not serious because big expectations were ahead for Grant Haley. Yeah, and Danny, I started nodding my head as soon as you said Corey Ballantyne. What we've been hearing out of him has been great. We've seen clips here and there. That interception on Daniel Jones was just so nice. I mean, it was a it looked like an end zone post route, and he just extends and catches that. I mean, that was a really great play by Ballantyne. And Ballantyne, who we haven't talked to a lot about this offseason because we haven't got to see him much because there's really nothing out there uh, from him at, at Washburn University. Um, and with all these young corners, as well as with Janoris Jenkins, we didn't really see a path for him to get on the field. But Corey Ballantyne, if he has a good preseason, he's going to be part of this 53-man roster. Where, you know, going into this camp, I just didn't see it happening. I, I thought, in fact, that he should try and get some safety reps. Uh, so, yeah, Corey Ballantyne, man. What we're hearing about him has been really awesome, really good to see. And, you know, there's a reason they drafted a kid out of Washburn um, in the sixth round. So, I, I, I'm very excited to see what we can get out of Ballantyne in this preseason. No, definitely. Ballantyne is just a guy you want to see succeed. Everything he went through this offseason – uh, he's just someone you're rooting for no matter what. Even if he leaves the Giants, he gets cut, or I don't know what happens even in the future. I'll be rooting for Corey Valentine. He's a guy I, I really like. I like. I just hope he does well in this league. Hopefully he finds a spot, hopefully on the Giants or somewhere else, it's preferably not an NFC's team if it does come to that. But I feel like he'll benefit, uh, unfortunately, if this injury is serious for Grant Haley, he'll benefit tremendously from it because his playing time will increase, and maybe the Giants will be like, Julian Love, we still stick with you at free safety and be that hybrid player. We want Corey Ballantyne to get the major snaps. snaps. So preseason for a rookie player out of all of them, like for the down-low players, I'll be watching Corey Ballantyne closely because I want to see how he performs at a high NFL level. Yeah, and I think at this point they don't want to have a chance of losing him, and I think that will be a key of him making the roster. Um and, you know, once you go too deep, I see them going into the cornerback well to have as those extra players, you know, get Ballantyne can play everything on special teams. He did it um, in the Senior Bowl and at Washburn. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Ballantyne goes throughout this camp. So moving on from actually not moving on from the injuries, something, a side note, Sterling Shepard has been practicing with a yellow, jer- uh, you know, a yellow vest on, which means don't hit me. Now, I, I can't remember who made contact with him, whether it was Sam Beal. Um, it wasn't major contact, but they didn't make contact. But they're using him in team drills, and Eli even threw him the ball when, like, the drills did not throw him the ball. Um, what do you think about this, Danny? Do you think it's like, okay, cool, he's out there, or do you see it as a unnecessary risk? 
No, it shows me that Eli just doesn't care. He's I'm gonna throw it to you anyway. But I'm happy he's out there because he's getting to learn the routes again, getting familiar with the offense. So I support him being out there. As much as it's a risk, it's a necessary risk. He has to be ready for Week One. I, I've never seen anything like this, and maybe I just haven't paid attention. But I've never heard of a guy practicing with a broken thumb and team drills. Like when it first happened, me and you, Danny, and I thought this was optimistically looking. It was like, listen, you can run him through everything. Besides 11 on 11, um, you know, he can catch the ball with one handed and individual drills, which he's going to be the best one handed catcher in the game uh, come week one because he's just that's all he's doing. But for him putting in 11 on 11s, it I don't know, it does seem kind of like an unnecessary risk for me where he's he's familiar with this offense at this point. Um, you can run him through stuff, but it just I don't know. I feel like you're asking for an injury. And when you're catching with one hand, like that makes you more susceptible. Uh, I just completely screwed that word up. What is the word? So, susceptible? What's uh, uh, we just look like idiots right now. We can't think of the proper word. I'll just say vulnerable, uh, which is it pretty much means yeah. the same thing. Uh, more vulnerable for an injury. So I, I don't know. I, I get that they want to get out him out there and whatnot, but it just I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me. I get if you want to let him go out there and just run the routes and make it clear to the defense, do not touch him. Um, then that's fine. But I don't know why we're throwing him the ball in 11-11s. It's, it's, it just seems like an unnecessary risk for me, but it is what it is. And and Pax Rumor has a, a method to his madness. But moving on, got a couple other little side notes, and then we'll go into the mailbag. Hasn't been an eventful week at all. Uh, a little notes. Uh, I can't remember who put this out there. And I'm, I'm excuse me for not crediting you. But, oh, I think it was Big Blue United. Uh, they said... Uh, you know, shout out to them. They're, they're great. Because of Golden Tate's suspension and if it's up, upheld, which we pretty much agree with, his base salary for 2020 is no longer guaranteed, which, like, sucks for him as a player. But on the, you know, the Giants side, if Tate comes out and bombs this year or has some kind of serious injury, and I hate to even bring those things up, uh, his guaranteed money would be off the books for the Giants, and it would be kind of a – a clean cut. So, and you know, that's what his third and fourth year of the contract essentially were. But now he really is like, has no guarantees after this year. Um, so that's good for the team. Obviously, obviously we, we don't want to have to be in that situation, but just, just a good note to know. Um, and then Pat Shermer earlier this week said that Daniel Jones, there is a plan to get him first team reps. He said behind the first team offensive line, which means first team reps, um, at first, I was like, whoa, that's kind of big. And that's something I think they should be doing, even if they declare Eli the starter, which, you know, they haven't done in front of the media. But I think behind closed doors that they know Eli's the starter. But I thought and I know that reps are limited, that Daniel Jones should get at least a few every practice. Uh, but I also was remembered when we talked to Dan Duggan a few weeks ago, he said, listen, like there was a practice last year where they gave Eli rests and they let uh, Loletta. Uh, and Davis Webb got first team reps and everyone freaked out about it. It's it's just a rest day. And I, I went, I asked Duggan about it. Like, Hey, is this, is this that? And he said, yeah, I think so. But I, I'm, you know, Shermer didn't make it for sure. Although from the, the tone of Shermer's voice, I think it was like Eli's rest day. Jones will get some time with the first team offense, but yeah, I, I I'm not reading. I don't think there's anything to read into with this. I think, I think it's just that it's going to be on Eli's rest day. What do you think, Danny? 
No, yeah, it's just going to be an Eli rest day. But, I mean, it, it just gives him preparation for the future because this is, could hopefully be his offensive line, uh, let's say, next year because we don't know what's going to happen contract-wise. But don't put too much stock into it, but it's still good to get him out there and get acquainted with a first-team offense than just being with the second team. But, yeah, it's going to be on Eli's off day, but nothing wrong with getting your rookie first-team reps on an off day for your starter. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think they should give him those anyways, you know, a few here and there, but um, it is what it is at this point. Uh, now, I, and, you know, to stay on Daniel Jones, I saw this really interesting uh, tweet uh, from Will Hewlett. Uh, you know, you could you could follow him at Will Hewlett. And you know how Danny people said, like, oh, Daniel Jones, pass the ball. And most of the time, that's like, oh, like that's just people looking for something to say that's wrong with his game. And I've never really read into it. But I'm also like, you know, it'd be nice if he didn't pat the ball. Uh, he put out there, he's like, listen, don't try, like, coaches shouldn't try and fix that. Because here's a list of, of some of the guys who pat the ball before they throw. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's like, it's like, okay, think of like a shortstop or a third baseman when instead of them just like, you know, get taking the ball out of their glove and just gunning it, they kind of put the ball in their glove again and throw it. That's what Daniel Jones does on his passes in the pocket. Uh, Brady, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Matt Stafford all do the same thing. So I thought that was pretty interesting that it's really nothing that teams should look to fix. And it, it actually just – it kind of makes it – it's just like a comfortability thing. And that's why, uh, you know, quarterbacks do it. That's why baseball players do it. It just I, – I think it helps with accuracy. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing on that. But it's also – it's a cool note. It makes you feel better about it because, you know, you always feel insecure about a guy when people are saying, oh, this, this, and that. And you're like, oh, is there something to it? Is that making his release late? Um, but yeah, look at it. I mean, look at the names of the guys that do that. I'm not saying they're good because they do that, but it is interesting to see that and that, that that's something that we really don't have to worry about. So I just thought that was pretty cool. I thought we'd throw that in the show. No, yeah, that's definitely cool. And it just helps him grow as a player. So it's just nice seeing that he still wants to continue to grow as a player. As I just like that as well. It just shows that he's still willing to learn new things and just finally continue to grow his game. I just support that. Yeah. All right. So we're doing mailbag because interviews I've, you know, I've lined up with interviews with a bunch of people, but nailing down a time and date has been almost impossible. Uh, so we're not doing an interview today. And plus I thought it'd be a good time for a mailbag since nothing's going on. Um, well, nothing like a real newsworthy is going on. So let's do some mail, but first, but before we'll throw it to Steve. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. All right. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Danny, let's get into the mail. First question comes from Alex uh, Schnee. No, I definitely butchered your name. My bad. Ad- it's Sne- Alex Schnee. 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 Alex Schnee right, wanna... does the nay-nay. Alex Schnee. Uh, he whips and does the Schnee-Schnee. I like that. At Alex at Schnee Alex, yes, can Cody Latimer step up with our depleted wide receiver group? And I'm going I'm to say, yeah, uh, Cody Latimer, this is a huge opportunity for him to succeed and prove that he belongs not that he belongs, but he can prove that he can hang with NFL-type receivers because he's going to be 
up there with the star wide receivers because Sterling Shepard, yes, he had the broken thumb, but he's going to start. But it's really it's only going to be Sterling Shepard and Cody Latimer. So uh, him and Eli have been working on that throughout camp. Eli's been trying to get that connection with him going. But, yes, I believe he could take the step up in week one against Dallas and for the foreseeable future with Tate out. Yeah, it, depend, it depends on what your definition of stepping it up is. Um, so I, I went and looked at his numbers from last year. You know, 11 catches, 190 yards, and one touchdown. Um, <clears throat> only in six games. And if you translate that to 16 games, that's 29 catches for 506 yards. Which for a team that had, you know, Odell Beckham, which I guess he wasn't uh, there for the past, the last two games that should stir, uh, Cody Latimer played, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley, those aren't horrible numbers. I think that's kind of what would be expected out of what was essentially your 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 fourth your fourth or fifth option, um, fifth if you're accounting Saquon as one of those. So yeah, those aren't bad. Um, is he going to be a thousand yard receiver? No, I, I don't think so at all. Um, a thousand yards in a season would be 62 and a half yards a game. Uh, like you said, he seems to have a, a good connection with Eli. Um, I could see, I want to see him around like 40 yards per game instead of, uh, instead of like 30, you know, a little over 30, which is what he was at 40 yards per game would be good uh, for Latimer or for Latimer. Uh, even, even when Tate is in there or, or, and when he's out, uh, so, yeah, I expect him to. RJ Stapleton uh, wrote a good article about him where he, like, came in the league and didn't really get it right away and didn't take it as serious as he should. So, and I think Cody Latimer understands that this is his last shot at it. Uh, the biggest thing for Latimer is staying healthy, though. Uh, I think he has a good connection with Eli, but staying healthy has kind of been his Achilles heel. No, it's obviously because last year he tore his hamstring and that obviously kept him out until – I believe he got activated off the uh, publish or whatever it was again. Uh, I injured reserve actually the week of the Colts game. So yeah, his season was basically nothing last year. But yeah, I totally believe he can take the next step up and be a very good NFL wide receiver because this is obviously a one year deal. He was a prove it deal this year because he didn't prove it last year. And now the Giants brought him in on a cheap deal. So not only will this help him this year, it will help him long term possibly get an even better deal down the road next year in the future with the Giants or another team. Yeah, and he's going to have to because he's going to be accounted for. Uh, you know, with it was the battle between him and Coleman for the wide receiver three. Coleman goes down. Slate and I think we've tempered our expectations one because of injury and. Me and you, Danny, have kind of been consistent throughout since the draft that, listen, he's a great talent, but don't expect him to be our starter right away unless we have serious injuries. So he's going to be counted on. He's going to be a starter for this team. Um, and we've seen TJ Jones. Now, it's only been a few days. Well, actually, it's been about it's been a week since TJ Jones has been a part of this team and he's taken third team reps. Uh, so, you know, TJ Jones is somebody I wanted to hopefully be a starter week one uh, with Tate gone. Um, you know, that could still happen. And, you know, there it's, it's, you know, it's, it is week one of him being there and he's a, he's a little bit behind, not a whole ton. Uh, so yeah, uh, Latimer is going to be uh, relied on all season long if he's out there. No, yeah, definitely. Next question comes from at Scooch ESM. He asks, is Zeidler now the leader? Scooch is hasn't Zeidler left us now- a question in a long time. He's back. He's back better than ever. Uh, well, it's the first time having mailbag back, so he wanted to jump in on the fun. Uh, his question is, is Zeidler now the leader of the O-line over Solder? Uh, see, that's, that's – I, I, I'm going to go – I feel like Solder's still, like, the leader of this group. 
Like both of them, both of them are very much leaders of this locker room. I say maybe Soldier, you could still say is the leader. Uh, it's just something to tell you, Soldier's the leader. It's because Zeiler knows this is only his first year. This is Soldier's room still. Now maybe next year this will be a different story. But Zeiler, he he views himself right now just like everyone else. Soldier right now is the guy in his locker room. He's the leader of the group. But as the season goes on, maybe guys will look more towards Zeidler for questions and answers. But right now, at the moment, I say this is still Soldier's group, but Zeidler is still very much a factor in how he coaches these guys. You know what? This is a good point by Scucci, and I'm actually going to have to disagree with you, Dan. I think he he is becoming a leader. Um, the offensive line coach, Hunter um, – what's, what's his name? Hunter – I don't know, but the offensive line coach said Hal, today that Hal Hunter. Hal Hunter, okay. Hal Hunter said that Kevin Zeitler is the most focused offensive lineman he's ever coached, which like that that shows something in week one. And we've talked a lot about Zeitler. He's been uh, and he's been one of the top guards in the league since he was drafted in the first round, uh, however many years ago. Um, and he has that like Solder is kind of on an island. He's got Will Hernandez, young guy between them, and I know they're all one unit, but. Now, Zeitler is in the middle of Mike Remmers and John Halapio, two guys who are kind of unproven in this Giants offense and, and have to step up. Um, so he's going to be big in bringing those two guys along, where Will Hernandez, I think we expect more out of him. And I, I think he is going to be like that vocal, like Banff leader, where Solder, he doesn't seem to be that for me. You know, obviously we're not in the locker room or anything, but he just doesn't give me that vibe. And I think Zeitler is just, he's a smarter more well outspoken, and I think, like Hal Hunter said, he's more focused. I think he's going to be a beast. Um, I, I cannot wait to do our player profile preview on him. Like I, I'm so pumped for him, um, and his wife follows us and loves us. I don't know if she listens, but she does love us. So uh, I, I think Zeitler is maybe not right this second because we're a week in, but I, I do think he is going to be the leader of this unit going into the season. If you do listen, Kevin Zeidler's wife, hi, how you doing? Make sure you her give name's a five-star review. Sarah, I forgot her name. My apologies. Sarah, well, you have she... to leave us a five-star rating and review. I said your husband could chug the beer the fastest, so let's go with that. Did I That's say that? True. I don't remember. That's such a long you, time you, ago. But yeah, you, yeah, you said him. I said James O'Hagan. Right. I went with the, I went with the right. wild card pick. We were trying to right. set that up, but we we could never get it happen because – Sarah follows us, and then O'Hagan follows us. Kevin doesn't quite follow us yet. But just a fun fact, uh, my eighth grade class's imaginary friend's name was Kevin. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with He never did his homework. But... He was a bad kid. We, we tried to tell the God. teachers about him. What a monster. But no, I, I agree with what you said. You, Kevin Zeller could easily be the leader of this locker. I feel like I'm viewing it from more of like Kevin's standpoint. He still looks at Nate Soldier because like you know he was here before him. He gives him the respect. But as you said, Hal Hunter is praising Kevin Zeidler like crazy, especially with that quote he gave today. So uh, you're not wrong in your saying Kevin Zeidler's leader of this locker room. Heck, I, I would you can even yes, he's 100 percent part of the leader of the locker room. But just for me, just the experience Soldier's had with Shermer and this group, I'm just saying Soldier. But you could argue either one of them because they're both great guys in the locker room. Since we're talking offensive line, let's parlay Jalapio and Pulley into this. By the way, Jalapio's agent reached out and said, great job on, on the player profile preview. And he told us how to pronounce it. It's Jalapio. Oh. Yes. I think, there we go. Well, he, like, he did, like, the dictionary. Like, this is how you pronounce it, you know, when you look in the dictionary. And it says, like, yeah. uh, but 
I don't know really know how to read that. So I'm just guessing what he said was Jalapio. Um, but I, I, I really think this is going to be a mystery for a long time, even though it'd be the easiest thing to find out. We just have to go look for an interview of him. Uh, but yeah, okay, uh, way off topic. All right, John Jalapio <laughs> and Spencer Pulley. Hal Hunter said it is still open battle. Pulley is getting first team reps, although uh, P.O. is starting and he kind of has the edge. Now, we've talked about this a little bit, but do you see any way Pulley grabs his starting job at this point? Although he did say it won't it won't be named until after the third preseason game. Uh, do I, no, I don't see a way Pulley grabs his job. Obviously, we have to see preseason action, but just the way the Giants are a huge fan of Jalapio, his work technique and the way he came back, the Giants are just a big fan of John Jalapio. They, they like Spencer Pulley, but... They want Jalapio to succeed. Pulley's there as like a worst case scenario option if Jalapio gets injured again, or if like something goes wrong along the offensive line. Pulley played guard at some point last season, so they could put him at guard if need be. But if I had to say now, it's going to be Jalapio winning the week one job, unless Jalapio has a horrible preseason and the week three game as well. Yeah, I I agree, and I I think Pulley, like you said, is that perfect swing guy who, you know, he can fill in if there's injury and. Any injuries to any of those interior offensive linemen? No, definitely. Next question comes from Angelo Pas- Pascala at Ange Pass 10. He, he, it's a two part question. We'll answer his first part Angelo. first. Uh, and he, he said, change intro song, rather hand in mine or something else more upbeat. I, I, as we said, we believe he's talking about the, the player profile breakdowns. Uh, Bobby, what is your response to that? How I thought that is like a somewhat of an upbeat song. It's the, do you know, the, do you listen to them, Danny? Do you know what song he's referring to? The Distance? I know what Cake? song he's referring to. Yeah. I, I, he's going the, I, I picked that song one because I do really like that song, but it's also like we're going the distance we're doing every player. So it has to be like somehow themed around the player profile projections, Angelo. So I know you gave the the recommendation of your hand in mind, but that's our closing song. We're going to keep it as our closing song. Uh, it doesn't, I, I, I don't know. You got to, you got to come with uh, some recommendations and that goes for anybody. We'll change it, but you have to have a good recommendation. Um, but I also go in pretty like, like, like tangents and songs so i'll listen to the same song for a few days even if it's an older song that i've heard a bunch of times but if i I get reminded of it i'll listen to it a bunch like i've been listening to closer to the sun by slightly stupid a lot lately um so yeah you gotta you gotta come with recommendations and i like that song he's going the distance he's going for speed he i like that song so angelo like come on man just just ripping us but yeah come come with recommendations and maybe we'll change it maybe not (laughs) <laughs> it's probably, probably, maybe not. Bobby finds a song; he's gonna stick with that song. But uh, I was thinking other... as a joke, being like, "Hey, Angela, does this make you happy?" And I could do my my "I'll Be Missing Football" song, or I could sing uh, the "Distance" song by Cake. I don't know. Um, so yeah, give give us some, if you get some good recommend, give us some good recommendations, and maybe we'll change it. If not, Angela, you're just gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> and then the second part of the question is, can you see X, X and Zoe, uh, O'Shane and Lorenzo, but everyone should know that if you don't. Are, are you a Giants fan? I'm joking. Uh, can you see X and Zoe as the bookends by the bye week? Uh, first of all, yeah, that's a Giants. really good – well, first of all, Danny, that's a really good nickname. I, I know Angelo probably stole that from someone else, uh, and it's probably dumb that I haven't heard of it yet, but X's and Zoe's, 
That's a really good nickname for what could possibly be our edge guys in O'Shane Zimenez and Lorenzo Carter. But yeah, sorry, Danny, go ahead. I, I think you just come on. I, I swear I've heard X and Zo, but I do like the combination of them. I never heard like that, you know? But uh, yeah, the Giants completely suck. I could totally see that being the option. Or really, the, the, they'll probably plug both. Lorenzo's going to have a major role in this defense week one, no matter what. And plus, the Giants are, don't, already don't have the prettiest guys. You got Marcus Golden. I can't think of the other guy's name. He's there. I can't think of him. But I could totally Kareem see the Giants. Kareem Martin, yes, thank you. Uh, Kareem Martin, I, I'm not, I could totally see them being in the starting lineup by the bye week. I can even see it being sooner because they're both two very good. Well, Lorenzo maybe sooner. Uh, O'Shane maybe a little later because, you know, he's a rookie. But O'Shane could definitely be starting by the bye week. Lorenzo, he'll be starting, i say, even sooner before the bye week. Oh, yeah. Well, Lorenzo is a starter. Lorenzo's the guy on this defensive yeah, line 100%. on the edge. Lorenzo, Lorenzo's the guy. He's going to get a whole lot of reps. He's. He's probably going to get he's going to get as many reps as any outside linebacker or defensive or, you know, you can you can call that a defensive lineman. Essentially, I guess it's the new term for his edge, but he, he'll get the most reps out even out of, you know, Dalvin, Dexter and um, uh, I, I can't believe. I'm, oh, B.J. Hill. He's, he'll get more reps than all those guys. Uh, oh, Shane, uh, it's, it's too early to tell. I got to see him against NFL talent. Uh, you know, we watched his game against Virginia Tech, although Virginia Tech wasn't great last year. Where he had a really good game and solid, but we got we got to see him against NFL talent. We haven't seen it yet. Uh, preseason will be very important for him to see how fast he gets on the field. Although he's been impressing in camp, um, nonetheless, it is against the the twos. But yeah, the, I think the plan is to get O'Shane in there halfway through the season and have him contributing on you know fifty percent of defensive plays by that time. So yeah, uh, hopefully he's in, he's in there. Uh, if not, I think it'll be because Marcus Golden has come back and is doing a really solid job. So I don't even look at it as too much of like, oh, O'Shane's impressing. It de- I think it depends on how much uh, Marcus Golden is doing. We'll find out starting next week because Giants preseason football will finally be back. It felt like forever to get here. Uh, final question comes from Gaza at Gazman Superstar. Superstar. He said, is it a sign... Is it a sign of how big how big the podcast is becoming that you get targeted by dumb fans of other teams on Twitter? Well, let's be honest here. Those dumb fans here are talking about are the New York Jets. And as you know, we have Bobby over there. He, he said something, but nothing controversial. It was just he compared Daniel Jones to Sam Darnold, which is like apparently offensive in the game of football nowadays because if you compare Daniel Jones to anyone, that's like a, a sin at this point. But Bobby, what is your response to that? Yeah, that was funny. Uh I've had other fans, like, something gets circulated. Um, I've had Eagles fans come at me, Browns fans. Uh, but, yeah, the funny thing about that one is it was so quick. And it's funny because you never know when a tweet um, is going to do big. Like, you just don't. Sometimes you do. You're like, I have freaking fire with this, and it's going to it's gonna go off. But this was just one. Like, I, I was just pointing out the hypocrisy in, like, the, the, the national media and judging Jones. And I was just comparing Darnold and Jones' final college season stats. Uh, Jones is, you know, adjusting for drops was better than Darnold's. Uh, and I even put, like, you know, I I think Darnold's good. Because I, I really do. I do think Darnold is good. And I think he's going to be really good. Uh, I was just pointing out the hypocrisy. And, man, it just, like, spread like wildfire through Jets Nation. I mean, they were coming at me like crazy. I finally started just muting people. In fact, I even muted a few Giants people because – Whenever I see their stuff, I just get aggravated. So I, I went on a mute fest, which was nice. But I did respond to a lot of people. It was 
like sometimes it's fun and then sometimes it's not. Uh, so yeah, Jets fans went wild with that. And what was funny? Did you did you see the guy who just copied and pasted it and posted it? And he even left the same like tagline at the end where I was like, I was like, one gets this and the other gets that. No, I didn't see that. I scrolled through some of it, but then I, I just saw the amount of Jet fans complaining, so I was like, oh, boy. Well, some guy, it is funny, uh, some guy, some guy, uh, he literally copied and pasted it, and one of one of our followers uh, tagged me. He's like, dude, you could have just retweeted it instead of copying and pasting it. And he's like, oh, sorry, buddy, I didn't. And then he he ta- like he, he tagged, he, he like uh, inserted, embedded my tweet into it. And then it was funny because some people were going at him like, really? You didn't copy and paste it? It's literally the exact same thing. He's like, no, no, you got it all wrong. I got it from Facebook. And I was and I was like, yeah, well, Talking Giants is also on Facebook, guys. So you stole it from our Talking Giants Facebook page. So that, I just thought that was funny. So go follow us on Facebook, at Talking Giants. Or do you, I don't even know if you use ads on Facebook. Uh, so, yeah, spread the love on Facebook. I think I think the Facebook will take off when we can start posting more highlights and game stuff. People will be sharing that stuff. Um, but yeah, the show is growing though, and we're having a lot of fun. Uh, our download numbers have been great. We've been breaking records every day, except for yesterday's player profile preview because I forgot to publish it before I went to bed, so I had to publish it when I woke up in the morning. Um, so yeah, besides that, the show's been doing great, man. We've been having a lot of fun. These player profiles have been great, and we're just pumped to get some real football started next week. I know it's preseason, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so Jets fans suck. That that actually reminds me, though, Danny. Now, as we do grow, we are going to hear things from other fans. Like, I have a lot of uh, people who do work. I have a lot of friends who do work for Windy City Gridiron, which is, like, the Bears uh, SB Nation. And they are talk, They talk all the time about how Bear, or Packers fans just, like, will not leave them alone. Now, you know me, and, like, especially week two, we're playing the Bills. I'm going to be pretty harsh. And we're playing the Eagles and stuff like that. Do you think I'm just gonna have to like mute other fan bases because I feel like they're gonna be coming at us hard? Oh well, uh, before we say that, yeah, if we're gonna attack by other fans, then we're doing something right. That that's a good sign that we're finally that we're gonna attack by other people, not just other giant fans. No, but uh, well, let's see. Well, Buffalo. See, I, I don't have. I, I don't know your issues with Buffalo. You have to explain that to me probably the week we play them. But I'm contemplating going to that game one. Is it the home opener? You know, like, there's still hope that maybe the Giants... There's still that hope yet, because, like, if I go to a game maybe a few weeks later, it'll be like, man, we, we really stink, if that's a possibility. But, I mean, I'm ready to fight any Eagles fan any day of the week. I, I hate... Like, on on this cruise I'm on, there's... Like, we left from New Jersey. There are so many Eagles fans. I am disgusted. I saw this little kid walking around with, like, an Eagles lanyard, and I looked at his father. I'm like, how could you do that to him? He's like, do what? I'm like, make him an Eagles fan. How, how do you do that to someone? a young child <laughs> at that age but no well if see like yeah you're gonna well danny to, to be fair i've heard in the past few years that cruises have gotten pretty trashy so what did you expect uh yeah i mean just looking at them geez the clientele on this cruise is awful no but have you seen like, any brawls yet no brawls i yet? haven't seen no brawls. I did read something that on a British cruise liner, there's like a huge brawl on the on the top deck. The guy dressed as a clown, and he like scared this group of people, and they started just beating him up. I was that was laughing. We just got way off topic about a cruise and Eagles fans. That's what Eagles fans do. And you just get off topic about them. But yeah, I mean you're probably going to meet some people because you know there's those some people that take it too far. But you just love messing with the people because like they get so offended over. 
the littlest of things. Like, when we play any NFC East divisional team, I'm going to be going at anyone. I'm just going to add as many people as I can. But I have the Eagles block, so I can go onto their Twitter page because they just disgust me. But, yeah, you'll probably be immune to some people. Yeah, I'll, for our pregame Bill show, I'll, I'll read out all this stuff. I'll, I'll explain that beef I have with Bill's Mafia, the biggest scumbags in the world. Um, oh, yeah, and that reminds me, we're, we're rambling right now. But somehow I stumbled across this Howard Stern clip of him, like, just berating his employees at, like, some conference. And I wanted to post the clip. I didn't because it, it's riddled with R-rated words. But he's talking to one of his employees who wears, like, an Eagles jersey to work. And he's like, F your Eagles jersey. F the Eagles. And he's just going off. And I'm like, I want to post this so bad. But I, I can't. I, we're a, we're a family-friendly show. So we couldn't do it. Anyways, do you have anything else before we go, Danny Boy? Before we go, one, I'm going to need you to send me that clip some point tonight. But two, no, that is all the questions we got for today's mailbag. Yeah, I still have it saved in my camera roll, so I'll send, uh, I'll send it to you when I get off. And if anybody else wants it and wants to post it, just DM me, and uh, I'll send you that clip. All right, so that is a show. We'll be back Monday with a player profile projection. We might just have the number 16 player in the NFL 100 in that episode. So be looking out for that. Going to be a lot of fun. Hope you're enjoying them. Let us know. Interact with us. We're having fun. Um, So until Monday, folks, let's go Big Blue. you just heard was made using anchor ever thought about making your own podcast anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started it's a one-stop shop for recording hosting and distributing podcasts best of all it's a hundred percent free sign up now at anchor.fm new that's anchor.fm new to get started